0: Sang this song to me. There was a message, message in this melody. Morning. Sweetest lyrics that I ever heard. There's a message in the songs of there.
1: With COVID 19, uh businesses that are booming are mortuaries. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can put some money in a funeral home, <laughs> you're, you're gonna make a ton of money. Have you heard about all of those uh, bodies that are piling up? Uh and and, and I, I, I I'm not being facetious because those are people uh, that that are dying. But uh, let's think about it. There there are people that are making a ton of money that own uh, funeral homes. Not every business is doing bad right now. So we got to think about the times that we're living in.
0: Yeah, and funeral homes don't ever have sales. I know that firsthand. It's like they go up every year and you can sit there all you want and say you want a discount. And Mm -hmm. you're not offering any.
1: That's right. That's right. So, but yeah, so just in terms of favorites, yeah. So my favorites are really in the real economy and not necessarily uh, Facebook or uh, the FANG stocks that people often talk about because we're on Facebook and Facebook is really tremendously benefiting uh, from the fact that people are at home because they're spending more time on social media and they control uh, not only um Facebook, but they also control uh, Instagram, uh, which many teenagers don't uh, realize. And they also control, I I think as a we something, uh, some sort of, um, chat mechanism that they control. So they control quite a few things. And then Google is doing well. YouTube. How many people are going to YouTube for YouTube University? (laughs) And (laughs) and the the live events. I just listened to a live uh, show today with uh, a a politician. And uh, so there are a lot of different ways that you can own a business that is benefiting from it. But the question is, are you going to benefit from owning that business? The business can be making money and you can't be. So uh, the business can be profitable, but yet the investment can be unprofitable. So you got to think about that.
0: Talk a little bit about what you call the real economy, because most people think the economy, the real economy is, is full of stocks and bonds and mutual funds.
1: Sure, and there is a huge difference. I was asked this question uh, before sitting at the table having coffee with a guy and I'll never forget. Yes, what, what is the real economy? And I said, well, the real economy is just that, it's real. It's where you and I live at. It's where we eat. Is where we drink. And it's where we transact business. But then on the other hands of the equation, there's the financial economy. The financial economy is where you go to buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds. It's where things are transacted and it's purely money. The financial economy really doesn't exist. It's just a subset of the real economy. It's where people go to, to get financing for their businesses, to take a company uh, public. Uh, it's where uh, the uh, investment bankers, uh, and the investment advisors, it's their domain uh, where people are going to uh, get money. But the real economy is just that, it's not fake, it's real. Uh, it's where, it's the economy that when you go to the grocery store and uh, you're buying $300 of groceries uh, like we are a week because everybody <laughs> is at home uh, and you, you're spending this money at the cash, cash register, that's the real economy and we need to pay attention to what's going on in the real economy because that's what's going to affect our financial economy uh, eventually so if the real economy is sick everything else is gonna uh, catch a cold and catch a flu and eventually die so we got to make sure that we're taking care of the real economy and not necessarily paying so much attention to what's going on in the stock market because when you hear about the dow jones going up one day and down the next that's what you call the financial economy. That's not the real economy.
0: The Jones, get, theoretically at the
1: end of the day, you're right. So that's not the real economy. Yes, it's almost. I, I use the analogy uh, in my uh, first book. <laughs> that's right. So it's three books in the series, and um, the first book that I wrote uh, was called "Most Sense: Money and Economic Sense Based on the Natural Laws of Momentum." But I revised it, and now it's all called uh, "Gainology." And I talk about the um, uh, real economy uh, in the uh, first book uh, from the perspective of being like a odometer in your car. Uh, have you ever had a, um, uh, uh, an emission test? Back in the day when you had an emission test, you had to put your tires on this machine that would spin, and they'd hook it up to your tailpipe. And if you looked at the emission test, the odometer would say that you're going a speedometer is saying that you're doing 100 miles an hour or 30 miles an hour but you know that you're just going through an emissions test. And that's how the Dow Jones is. The Dow Jones can be going up, but you need to look out the window to make sure you're moving. Because most of the time you're not. And that's the the difference between the real economy and not. When you're in the car and you're moving, that's the real economy. Because you can tell by the milepost that you pass. But then when you look at the financial economy, you're just getting an emissions test. Your wheels could be spinning. and You could not be going anywhere.
0: Okay, so um, I just sent a, going pause a minute, I just sent a message through Facebook to let you guys know that we are live and it is on my regular Stephanie Wilson Coleman page. There's been a little change, uh, but that page is probably easier to find. And I'm getting messages mm-hmm. now uh, and I just want people to know that. Um, don't call me, send a message, type it on Facebook. I've got Facebook open so I can see your questions if you have questions. That you would like to ask Eric and I, we can get to those questions. So I'm going to send a message sure. and say, uh, "Can't talk, sorry." <laughs> on TV. So this is so much fun. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this much fun. And it's as you a all real have-
1: task navigating, uh, looking at questions, answering, <laughs> ans- asking questions. Yeah. I would not want to be in the hot seat where you're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so
0: but, I think I feel better I got my COVID-19 hair too. I'm doing good so I've been self-quarantined following the rules so. hey,
1: hey natural is good
0: <laughs> easy to maintain too you know so right. we have a lot of people in Facebook and through Facebook feeds or, and on the television set they're telling us in various commercials things that we can do if we can't pay our bills Um, And what you do if you don't have any savings, and I always say there's always a, there's never a bad time to start saving. Every time, no matter every Mm -hmm. situation is a good time to save. So what would your advice be for people who are experiencing those things right now?
1: I would say take advantage of every uh, forbearance and anything that's not going to negatively affect you in the long term. Uh, I've talked to uh, people that are in the position to pay their Uh bills. But because of the uncertainty uh, related with the economy, we don't know how long this virus is gonna extend. The economy eventually is gonna open up, but that doesn't mean that people are gonna wanna go out and shop because the virus could still be lingering around and we don't have what you call herd immunity. So uh, I I think that uh, if you are offered a program, where say for instance, you got a mortgage and you um, don't know that you're gonna have a job uh, in three months and you need to conserve cash, maybe you need to call that lender and ask them for uh, forgiveness for the next three months because I understand that uh, most lenders are granting 90 a 90 day reprieve without even asking for any paperwork uh, to necessarily document uh, that you have been a um, uh, challenged uh, from this um, economy so uh, credit card companies uh, they're also uh, doing the uh, same thing they're v- being very lenient now one of the things uh, that I would uh, consider uh, I've heard mixed reviews on whether or not this uh, delayed payments is going to be reflected on your credit report. From everything that I've been told, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian are gonna be reporting that you're not making uh, your payments. So if you're really concerned about your credit score, maybe you need to uh, keep it up because you know uh, when a credit score drops beneath a certain limit, that could affect the interest rates, that could affect uh, different uh, lending programs, it could also affect your job. Uh, which in this environment, this this is very uh, unique. You missing some payments right now is not going to be something uh, that is uh, abnormal. There are a lot of people asking for deferments on student loans, credit cards, house payments, auto payments. And uh, what this is, is an example of the uh, fact that our country is in too much debt. I mean, we just created like $7 trillion worth of debt. So now we're over $25 trillion in national debt and we have no way of actually paying for it. And uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, in this time, you need to figure out whatever you can do to reduce your expenses. You may have to think about if you got multiple cars and you will be working from home and somebody else isn't, maybe you should be returning one of those cars. So you can preserve some cash. That's a good idea. Uh,
0: What other kinds of things should people consider? So you're right, returning a car if
1: someone's working from home. That's right. And just uh, re-prioritizing your expenses. This is a great time to really just look at where all of your money is going. Maybe you've got some life insurance, which I really recommend in this environment that everybody, uh, we don't know who's going to get this disease. I mean, we can walk around in the N95 and K95 mask and exercise all of the precautions we can, and And then hear one of our teenagers (laughs) come in the house. Yeah, get hit by a car, or a teenager comes in the house that just thinks they're Superman and gives us the disease. So we gotta uh, kick them out of the house. But maybe you're spending too much on some of the life insurance you have because maybe you've got some whole life insurance and it's developing a cash value, but maybe you're paying way too much for it. Maybe you should be looking at some sort of level term or variable life policy where the premiums are gonna be uh, cheaper. I wouldn't leave anything or any stone unturned. Look at everything that you can possibly do to reduce your expenses and still live life. Because you, you shouldn't just be working to pay bills. You should be the most important thing. And I, I believe Stephanie could uh, will certainly agree with this we all at some point are gonna pass. I mean, no matter what happens, unless Jesus comes tomorrow and the world world ends, we're all gonna pass. But one of the things that we should really be focusing on is not passing, but living. That's one of the greatest fears that I have is not necessarily passing away, but not living my life to the fullest and doing everything that God has got me to do. So uh, we don't wanna just be living just to pay bills. We don't want to be just living uh, just to uh, go to a nine-to-five that we're not happy about. And if you're not happy about your job and you're dreading the day that the government lifts this stay-at-home order, you're going to be going back to the nine-to-five, use this time to find something that you're passionate about and figure out how to make some money doing it. so you don't have to go back to that situation because it's actually better for the in- environment when you're exercising your gifts and we get a chance to see you shine. We got too few few stars out there. We need some more. Yep, we so, have. So, some of
0: Right, a lot of us are are trying to die with our gifts still in our music still inside of us, and that's not what we're put here to for put here for. Now, we talked right. about uh, paying bills, but also focusing on 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 living life too. So, I know that a lot of people. Just talk about paying bills and that can be just a psychological downer you have to do something for yourself um, mm-hmm. but one of the things we want you to do for yourself is to get some life insurance because tomorrow's not promised That's right. and Eric is giving you a couple examples of what to look for in life insurance so as you're looking for life insurance what about a will people and uh, uh, people need to take care of their assets after they they passed are transitioned on to another experience or away from this experience so right. what kinds of things should people consider uh, in a will and do they need to talk to a lawyer about it or sure
1: right right and and, and i'm a cpa by a profession so i'm not giving you legal advice but i think everybody knows that we should have some sort of uh last will and testament mm-hmm. and in addition to a last will and testament because a will can be challenged in court if you have assets that you want to uh, leave to certain people and you know who they are maybe you should put those in a trust uh, and then name them as a beneficiary that's something that people can't contest uh, so one of the things that's popular and it's growing in popularity around the country is a, um, a, um, a land trust you can put say for instance your house in a land trust and the moment that you pass uh, it can pass directly to whoever you want as a beneficiary. It's not gonna be contested. And then in regards to a will is really important because you can have all of these other assets, financial, uh, financial accounts that you have with uh, banks, uh, uh, investment banks, commercial banks, uh, insurance policies. Look at the uh, beneficiaries that you've got named on all of your policies, all of your pensions. Uh, go, go down that uh, list on a periodic basis uh, it could be every spring, do a spring clean. If somebody made you mad, take them off as a beneficiary because they're not doing something. But you don't, don't just set your beneficiaries also and say, for instance, naming uh, your, your children. Well, what happens if one of your children uh, passes, but then you yeah. got grandchildren and you want to make sure that the children that are associated uh, with uh, that particular child are gonna be the beneficiary of what you have. So you have to think about it saying that uh, I'm naming, say for instance, Eric, uh, uh, my son, Eric, my daughter, uh, Jalen, and all of my children. But uh, secondarily, uh, we should say, and their descendants. And that way, everybody is covered, nobody is left out, and it can all be an equal distribution like you want. So you gotta think about the wording uh, that you have uh, in your life insurance policies, who the beneficiaries are uh, in your uh, pensions, think about who your beneficiaries are, Mm -hmm. Uh, all of the uh, stuff in your will. All of this stuff has got to be carefully articulated and don't hide it. If you got a will, make sure people know where it's at. (laughs) I mean, put it on record somewhere in a safe deposit box. Don't have them tearing up your house or creating a document because, oh, you know mama didn't have a will, so we're all gonna get together and we're gonna create a will. We're just not going to contest it because we don't want to go to court. That stuff happens. But uh, if you're the parent, think about who you want to uh, benefit from all your labor. And don't worry about uh, uh, what happens. uh, I mean, be concerned about what happens uh, after you, but you you don't know what they're going to do with the money. You just know you did your job in making sure, and it's up to them to take it to the next level and do the right thing. And if we train them right, they will do us right most of the time. And I would recommend you look at your beneficiaries
0: once a year, uh, mm-hmm. especially because uh, some of us are in out of relationships. And if you're not careful, that ex-husband that treated you really, really badly 10 years ago, you've been divorced from him, and He's still your beneficiary. He'll get you all of your insurance money when you die. <laughs> now, That's right. I've got a girlfriend who's an attorney that says she runs into that more than you can imagine. So look at the beneficiaries right. every year, get them changed. Uh, I know it's a tedious process, but give yourself a day uh, once a year when that's what you're going to do so that, as Eric said, you're leaving things where you want them to go and w- at right. that particular time. Now, if you change it's your mind six every, months later, change your beneficiary.
1: That's right. And that's for every single financial asset and asset that you own, you should really be considering who the beneficiaries are. Because every time you have a job and you sign up uh, saying all of the benefits package, they are asking you about your beneficiaries. So when you change your will, also go to your employer and say, "I want to. I need to change who my beneficiaries are at the employer." And for and, and for for God's sake, I was talking to somebody the other day. They said that their job asked them to name them as a beneficiary on their policy. I'm like, that's a moral hazard. They're gonna try to kill you on the job <laughs> and get the insurance. So do not name. Your, your employer as the beneficiary. I said, go and change that tomorrow. They're about to take you out. That's right. <laughs> Surprised they made it all. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, oh. I, I couldn't Really? When she told me that, I'm like, what? I'm, I've never heard of that.
0: <laughs> I haven't either. Surely they were just playing. It had to be. They were just playing. It's like, I did not know. They were that, serious. I,
1: serious. And she did it. That, that was the thing that concerned me. Like, oh. no, go change that tomorrow.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was wise. And my big topic, next question is ways to reduce your debt. So we talked about looking at automobile expenses. If you've got several automobiles, but someone's working from home, then maybe you can uh, sell one automobile. What are some of the other ideas that uh, we could talk about? that people can use to reduce their spending and um, get rid of some debt.
1: Right. So I I have talked to people and oftentimes people are very, they can be very good at budgeting and looking at where all of the excess fat is at. And often what it often boils down to is making a concerted effort to make some more money. Because when you look at the disproportionate uh, wealth, uh, distribution uh, in society. If you earn about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you're probably in the top five, ten percent of the uh, United States and in terms of. Uh, let's see, my internet is You're you, you're you're about the in the top five five percent or ten percent of the uh, nation in terms of uh, income earnings. And I think that yes, we need to reduce our expenses. We need to reduce the amount of interest that we're paying. So if you got interest on a credit card and you're paying 19% and you have the ability to open up another credit card that will give you 0% interest for one year, you need to open that credit card up and transfer all of your balances, and now you just saved all of the interest expense that you were paying, and that can help you accelerate the debt. Yes, so we also need to be snowballing debt. So paying off the smallest debt first so we can have some sort of uh, uh, self-achievement and then going from that smallest debt, after we've done that, congratulate ourselves. Go we'll get an ice cream, go take a walk around the park, pat <laughs> yourself on the back because you did a good job. But then you tackle the next debt uh, after that and the next smallest debt because now you're going to see the progress. And you're going to have a sense of accomplishment and it's going to want you, uh, encourage you to continue paying off the debt because you're making progress. So, yes, snowball your debt. Reduce your interest rates. If you got a mortgage right now, and you still got a source of income, banks are still refinancing. I don't know that interest rates are gonna get much lower than they are. But if you got a 5% interest rate, and you can get a 2% interest rate on a mortgage, you should probably refinance that mortgage if you're early in the process. Pay attention to the closing costs, because that's also gonna reduce your monthly payment, and you can use that savings to reduce your principal and get out of debt much faster. So there are a number of things that we can do uh, to reduce our debt in in an accelerated fashion. But one of the things that I don't want you to overlook is the fact that more of us in society can earn more than we are. And we need to be looking at how can we increase our passive income? What can we be doing? If you're at home right now, what skill set can you be improving so that when you go back to work, your employer just sees you as absolutely invaluable, and you tell them, Look, I'm walking if you don't give me some more money because I'm worth more than what you're paying. And uh, when you're really valuable, they will pay you more. So increase your skill set, and once you're earning that additional money, do like the empowerment doctor did. I'm telling her business and how she has earned money, but she's been living off of money that she probably made in her 30s. <laughs> So she saved yeah. her. She saved all of the money that she's earned with each additional paycheck. She hasn't lived off that additional money. She's used that to improve her standard of living and improve her net worth. So My sister, want to retire soon? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and your
1: practices have worked.
0: I've got some questions yes. on Facebook. I figured out how to get to them. So I expected this nice little tickler right. on the side, but that's not happening. Um, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what about real estate investments?
1: Re- real estate investments are great. If you're interested in real estate v- investments, I've done some seminars on the taxation benefits of real estate investments. I- I've wholesale uh, investments before there was such a term called wholesaling investments. It's a great opportunity, but it's also a great risk if you don't know how to value investments properly. So it goes back to the same thing. You can make money in just about anything if you value an investment properly. So
0: what's the name of that book they need Stop. to get so that they can read about in valuing investments?
1: Sure. It's the second book in my series called The Secret to Making Money While You Sleep. And you can get that on my website at conduitadvisors.com. Well, conduit can do it. Go to it.com and it'll get you to my uh, website and you'll see all the books and it's the second book in the series that deals with how do you value investments and uh, one of my readers uh, when she read it she said every woman needs to know Mr. ASP. I think every man needs to know it too Uh, but uh, every woman definitely needs to know because that describes what your particular investment vehicles are, what your investment options are.
0: So let's get back to real estate. So I know you can buy real estate straight out but are there mute is it sort of like a mutual fund or mutual investment where you can contribute to that fund and buy uh real estate that way that way you're not the only person buying that two flat.
1: yeah right so <laughs> what do you think flats, about
0: those?
1: <laughs> right so when you're dealing with two flats there's institutional grade uh uh, real estate investments and then there are also investments for non-institutions when you're talking about a two flat that's almost like a single that is a single family residence anything up to four units is considered a single family residence uh with uh Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac so but if you wanted to invest on a large scale one of the options that the public is offered uh through uh retail investments is something called a REIT a real estate investment trust and uh, all a real estate investment trust is is something that has, uh, is an investment. Uh, 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 well, let me how, how do I describe this? It's basically a company uh, that has been granted the right to exclusively invest in real estate and not be taxed so long as 90% of its income is distributed to the shareholders of the corporation. So, real estate investment trusts are a popular way for retail investors to invest. I discourage uh, investing in a lot of real estate investment trusts because you're really not making much money. because uh, one, what did it say? It said that 90% of the profits from the real estate investment trust must go to the shareholders. Well, profits come after expenses. That means after paying these bloated salaries for the CEOs and, and all of uh, the kickbacks that they're paying, so you're getting the leftovers, and they're giving you 90% of what they, and they've taken the rest of it. <laughs> so, so I don't necessarily encourage that. If you want to invest in real estate, you need to contact me at 877 conduit, 877 266 because there are better ways to doing it, and uh, it's just, but you, with, With real estate, you have to be willing to, uh, sometimes you gotta be patient and you gotta understand with any investment, there's a risk of loss. In real estate, uh, although it may not be as cyclical as the uh, stock market and certainly not as liquid as uh, paper or stocks, you can make a ton of money and you can also lose a ton of money. I know people that have been in both scenarios. I've always made money with my real estate investments. And let me knock on some wood. And knock on some other spot.
0: <laughs> you should have some wood.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So, what if you don't have any savings right now? Some people have savings, three months savings, and then this hit. And I think people thought we were going to get back into action sooner. But what's mm-hmm. happened is a lot of the businesses... A lot of the small businesses are actually project. Twenty four percent of those are projected to not be able to return uh, because of the downturn in the market, and fifty four percent of the small businesses now are actually closed. So what? So what do you do when you don't have any savings, either personally or even as a business
1: owner? Right. Well, and, and that's tough, because I've been in that situation, and I'm telling you, it's one of the worst feelings in the world uh, to be broke. And you have children, and children don't necessarily understand broke. They just understand we don't have any milk, <laughs> and we don't have, <laughs> we, we can't go to the movies, and we can't uh, watch, uh, get on uh, whatever uh, channel they want to get on because the cable has been cut off. Uh, so. I think it's really tough, and I think uh, if you don't have any savings, I think the focus should be making sure that you still have some cash flow. Uh, Because even without savings, you've got cash flow. You should be able to at least um, uh, maintain where you're at or not fall uh, as far, far, far as you possibly can. So, and if you do have some extra money, of course, save it. Uh, and make the uh, right decision. But if you don't have savings, it, it's too late to kick yourself. You gotta just really learn from this experience. And when things do turn around, make sure that you are don't think that there's not gonna be a rainy day. And one of the things I like to uh, use to describe this, I don't know if you all have ever watched those shows called the Doomsday Preppers, where these people, they've got enough food to last two years in their basement. Uh, they have uh, water filtration systems, Uh, They've got uh, uh, military meals that are dehydrated that'll last for 50 years and taste like dog food. (laughs) But they went to the extreme in preparing for the worst case scenario. And now we have this uh, situation where nobody has N95 masks. Well, guess what? They've got N95 masks, enough for their whole family to last for years. So we don't want to go back to the point where after this crisis ends or subsides that we feel like everything is okay and I don't have to put three months of savings aside. Because maybe from this experience, based on what Stephanie has said, there've been a number of people that have had three months of savings. And most of the country started going on lockdown in March. So you got March, then you got April, and now we're in May. So if you had three months of savings, you're about to be out of money. Exactly. And Illinois
0: is not, scheduled to open for maybe
1: another six weeks. Exactly, Uh, right. So uh, in those situations, one of the things that we can learn from this is that maybe three months savings is not enough. It should be in normal situations, but we need to think about, uh, is three months of savings relative to what? That three months of savings is relative to our current expenses. So maybe we need to be adjusting our expenses. If you're living in a high rise in downtown Chicago, and uh, maybe you don't like that, move out to the suburbs. Move someplace where it's less expensive. If you're on the uh, west coast and can't afford to live in Beverly Hills anymore, and you are tired of faking it until you make it, go ahead and move someplace else uh, that has a lower cost of living, and you can actually start putting more money aside. And then once you have enough money, you can always move back to those areas. More than likely, you won't, because you'd be like, no, I like the financial security more than I do the address know that i have yeah and people can as you said we don't i don't think
0: we look through our expenses enough um so mm-hmm. are you I, and as i always say are you paying for too much internet are you paying for too much data uh some people like the biggest best loudest thing. so you look at your internet bill mm-hmm. and You're paying for channels you don't watch, channels you've never watched, channels you still don't watch, because sometimes you pay for channels because you say, well, just in case I'm stuck at home, where you're stuck at home and you're still not watching Showtime. You're watching Netflix or Hulu. So why are you paying for Showtime and for HBO? So get rid of those things that you are not using now, Um, Mm -hmm. and don't let the people make you feel bad, and if they tell you that they can't give you a discount, then tell them that you're you want to cancel until you can get something you can afford to pay and they'll agree that they can help you out a little bit but you do have to be persistent and look at your cell phone cost uh, are, do you need that much data are you sending that much email you know and i recently um had to do some upgrades to a computer and realized that i had programs on here that i hadn't used forever so Watch the programs you buy even or your little gadgets because that's an expense too. So just mm-hmm. try to get down to what you really need. And as you're going through cleaning and purging, as I always say, every every movement and everything is a spiritual movement. And once you create a vacuum, you create a need, the universe comes in and fills it up. But right now, as uh, Reverend Evelyn Boyd would say, if the six semi-trucks came up with everything you ever wanted, where would you put it? So it's a great time to spend your time getting organized around the house and getting rid of some of those things. It keeps your mind thinking about uh, what you don't have and what you can't do. And then your mind starts to think about all of the things that you do have and what you can do Mm -hmm. with what you what you can do right now.
1: That's right. Yeah, I like what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus said, life does not consist of the abundance of things. Too often we think that, oh, uh, that person is really living because they have a house in Malibu, uh, they have a mansion, they have a jet. And oftentimes people with a lot of material things, they can be some of the most miserable people on, a, on the planet because they don't have the things that are really important. Like people that are really interested in them and not just the things that they have. They don't necessarily have real right. friends. Uh, they may have a lot of money, but don't have uh, anybody that they can trust. They may be single and feel like, well, I can't marry anybody because they just want me for my money. <laughs> so uh, it's we can't just be focused on things because they, they can take away your things, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't be defined by your things, by what you wear and uh, what kind of house you live in and what you drive. If that's, that's right. the case, something's wrong uh, with uh, your your values. And i, I say that uh, with a, um, not out of uh, being judgmental, but I I just think that we should really uh, consider that because if you lose all of that, does that mean you should just jump off the bridge? No, we we weigh more than the things that we have.
0: Yes, we are. We are are valuable. Yes. Uh, One of the questions coming through the Facebook feed is, uh, can you give us a plan to start over? So you've lost Mm. everything. You've lost your, the one thing you love, you've lost your, I don't know, your business or a job you loved, and you've gone through your emergency savings, how do you, what should you, how, how should you start over?
1: You, you start from where you're at, most importantly. Don't start from where you wanna be. You gotta start exactly where you're at. And then uh, secondly, uh, you have to think about where you wanna be, and then reverse engineer it. Uh, if you wanna be in five years retired, and able to live on a beach uh somewhere start retracing what do you have to do so that you can achieve that lifestyle it may not necessarily mean that you're going to have a lot of money because maybe you'll live on an island you're going to be a boat captain <laughs> for somebody else and, and just having some fun on the island but start from where you're at i i have certainly uh, been there uh, where I, i've lost some money uh with Uh, due to business decisions that I made initially, just not being happy with what I was doing at a very early age and ended up losing a lot of money. And I didn't come from a family with a lot of money, so I couldn't ask anybody to bail me out. So I had to start all over again. And essentially what I'm saying to you is I had to start from where I was at and I had to use what I had, not necessarily what I wanted. Now, I could develop the skills that I wanted, but I had to start where I was at and with the skill set that I had. And when I started using that and putting all of my effort uh, into actually getting ahead and gaining momentum and uh, making baby steps, sometimes we want to do things and we just think about the real big things that we want to do. We got to break those things down like they did at NASA. Uh, When NASA wanted to go out to the moon, uh, they didn't just build one rocket for it because they realized, I realized they couldn't build one rocket with enough fuel and propellant to just launch from Florida and go all the way uh, to the moon. They had to break that rocket up into stages. And that's how we have to be uh, with our life. Uh, start where you're at, and that's stage one. Then stage two, once you get to the next milestone, you kick off that booster rocket from that, and you go to stage three. And before you know it, you had stage five, which could be your goal. And then once you reach your goal, uh, sometimes you'll say, well, maybe this was too easy. Maybe my goals were too low. So uh, sometimes uh, that I think that's a real common thing. We w- may set goals and attain them and realize that those goals are not sufficient or that we could have done more. You have to be honest with yourself. And don't set goals that are too low for yourself. You, you want to set goals that are, are going to challenge you. Uh, I mean, uh, if you need to learn a foreign language, and I could go on and on, but hopefully uh, that answered your question.
0: And I'd like to add that when people start with, start where you are, you've got something that you do that's valuable. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just do what we do so much, we don't see the value in it because we do it. So ask yourself, what is the thing that you do that others are always seeking your advice for, or your guidance for. Why don't people call you? And what do they ask you to do? That's the thing that you're good with. So you Mm -hmm. never start with nothing. Maybe you just don't have money, or maybe you just don't have, I don't know, clients. Maybe you just uh, don't have that. But you have those those gifts. Start there, and you already know people. Find out who can use those gifts and have a conversation with them because you have some gifts. We all came here with gifts, with things that we do very well that others don't do. And don't play that down. But like I said, we forget because it's what we do. Uh You know, it's not, it's what we do. We're used to it. And reach out to other people and trade those gifts for, I don't know, for, for money, for work. Use those gifts for that. So start there. There's always a place to start. And what I've learned is when you, however you're handling your money now in the midst of this crisis and whatever you're doing now, those are the things that you need to do when you're no longer in a crisis. So if you're cutting back on eating out now, you need to cut back on eating out when you're not in a crisis. If you're exercising twice a day now, you need to exercise twice a day when you're not in a crisis. Um, if If you're doing your price check if you're checking prices on things that you buy before you buy them now those are things that you should do when you're not in a crisis so I always think financial crises teach us a lot of great things and it help us to use and learn a lot of great habits
1: so uh, was excellent tips and you know one of the things too I wanted to add uh, Stephanie because you were talking about gifts Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important that we exercise our gifts. And the Bible says something uh, to the effect that a man's gifts are what to make room for. Them. It doesn't mean it's your license. It doesn't mean that it's your job. It right. doesn't mean that it's your gift. It's your innate talent, something that you can just do naturally. It could be art. It could be math. Right. It could be, we all have our little different gifts. And if you really want to get ahead in society, you got to exploit your gift right let people exploit you while you're making some money using your gift and before that's you right. know it people will be knocking on your door hey can you do this can you do that once people know this is your gift and these things that stephanie is saying, are saying that that's so true if you had to cut back right now uh and you found some things that are totally unnecessary that you can live without well as soon as you get some money don't go back to that uh thing yes that's going to affect the economy uh down the road people not eating out as much as possible but why we have $30,000 and $40,000 in the kitchen and nobody can use the stove? <laughs> <laughs> what are you say? $30,000 to $40,000 $30, $40, in the
0: kitchen
1: and nobody can use the stove. That's right. I mean, you, you have people <laughs> that have these elaborate houses. And the thing that they that sells a house are the kitchen and bathrooms. Everyone's <laughs> going to use the bathroom by default. Well, you we got know. these expensive kitchens and can't nobody cook. You ordering out all this stuff is wrong. <laughs> well, you know, during this
0: COVID-19, I was mean, going to right? right. <laughs> figure out how to cook, right? I am going to figure out how to cook. <laughs> it's like, I'm not ready to say, like, you need to find your work stomach because <laughs> you wasn't coming home for meals twice a day. <laughs> But you are right. Everyone has a fully stocked kitchen, and nobody cooks. So, learn to cook something. That's right. That's right. And don't buy every meal out because we can't now. And you can. Mm -hmm. And that will be a way you can start your savings too. Um, Let me me check. Um, uh, Let me see. I got. um, I think I've got all of the questions answered we have quite a few uh, viewers and i want to thank you guys for watching us i think this is fantastic we've got like nine minutes yes. left before we're done so right. um mm-hmm. let me see I, you know i have I always have questions so um there are some people whose credit is so is really bad right now um and they don't have any money and they can't get a bank account how do they start to save what mm-hmm. do they do are those they don't have a bank account they don't have a bank account are those online accounts we see about any good are they
1: trustworthy right so when you when you're dealing with banking uh basically particularly when they fdic insured they're all all basically the same the uh, difference that you're going to experience say for instance if you've got a um got the transaction business you got to use an atm you know that bank doesn't have access to the atm are you going to be paying uh, non-user ATM fees? So you have to think about how are you going to be able to access your money other than just writing checks, uh, mm-hmm. using quick pay and uh, various activities okay. when you're outside of that area. Uh, because uh, the online institutions may offer you a slightly higher interest rate because they have l- lower operating expenses. But what's the difference between uh, a half a percent in an interest rate and, and, and a percent? both of them aren't keeping up with inflation <laughs> so, so uh you, you want to do better than you want to do better than inflation so it's not about how much interest they're paying because that none of them are paying enough uh <laughs> to compensate you for the money that you're losing through inflation and the 25 uh, so, cents you have to
0: pay for every transaction or 50 cents on every transaction
1: right so you want to think about the convenience you want to make sure uh that it's a sound financial institution banking is a, the only uh people that we give money uh, strangers to uh, give money to strangers. It's the only institution on the planet where we willingly just give our money to a stranger. And that's because it's FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta think think about it. Uh, it is this a uh, bank making good loans? Because if it goes bankrupt and you've got over $250,000 in it, you're gonna lose some money uh, uh, through the FDIC insurance. FDIC insurance, right. Right, so um, you gotta think about, is this a really sound bank? Yes, they may be all involved in the community, but if they're making loans to people that don't have the ability to repay, you just can kiss your money goodbye. <laughs> so, now, You know
0: I'm big on tithing, right? You know, that's yes. my that's my starting. I was homeless, and I swear tithing um, yeah. saved my life. I what it saved my life. I'm big on tithing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe, and I even believe more today that you need to give what you need. So you know, uh, so in this in this contraction though, people seem in some instances people are giving more, but in this in some instances people are not giving as much anymore. I mm-hmm. think that we need to find a way to give. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have money, you've got talents, as we talked about, and skills, as we talked about, mm-hmm. too. So we have to figure out a way that maybe we can tie our talents or, or some of our skills in order to get through this. So I know people are running a little afraid, but the universe that we live in, and uh, so we didn't create ourselves, there's a higher power that created us, who is perfectly capable of taking care of all of our needs, provided we do some of the basic things that Eric reminded us of, is I start where you are use your talents. And remember there's stories in the Bible about the, uh, the, the, tree, the tree that didn't use its talents, remember? It didn't grow and prosper and it was destroyed. So use your talents because you will lose your talents. So, and if you don't know what they are, I've already told you, to ask yourself what do people call you for? And then ask yourself, what would you do for free? Because you're doing it anyway. And that's your talent. So figure out what that is so that you can get yourself back up on your feet. And then um, get to Eric's website. What's your website again? Because everyone's looking at stocks. Where's that book?
1: Yeah, can do, it, can do it.com will get you to my website, or just go to conduitadvisors.com. Great. And Uh, we've
0: got like four minutes left we've got a quick question what about starting a new business to support your gifts
1: that that is one of the best ideas we need more i love entrepreneurs that's Mm -hmm. why i deal with business owners because i love that energy uh some people will see the glasses half full, uh, full and others see it half empty entrepreneurs see it as half full they see opportunities when other people uh make excuses so uh, I believe that is one of the best things you can do. And one of the things what's going to happen is once you start that business, you're going to have to decide who you're going to serve uh, because you'll get to the point where you, the business, you can see that it's making progress and it's mm-hmm. moving, but maybe you don't have enough time to devote to get it to where it needs to be. So that's where you're gonna to have to make the decision, am I gonna continue working for the man because I know he's providing a paycheck, or am I gonna believe God who's gonna open up the doors and, make sure, and says he's gonna meet all of my needs? So we, uh, I think business is great, but you also have to make sure that you have a sound plan and a business that will be able to sustain you. Sometimes you don't necessarily know that. There are people that have stepped out and say, I'm gonna be an artist and I'm just believing God that everything is gonna be met. And they may end up waiting tables and stuff like that. Some Everybody has some sort of a uh, story like that often, but don't despise small beginnings. And uh, just keep right. working and having faith and things will turn around. You gotta have some great people on your side that's giving you some advice that's gonna help you make profitable business decisions. And that's what I do. I'm a CPA by uh, a profession. I help people make profitable business decisions with their money, because it excites me to see people making more money. It's a privilege uh, to work with. Starting a business, I think that is great. Do it while you got the time right now. Don't don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. Go to the website and uh, incorporate your business. Form an LLC. Get the employer identification number. And you don't even need that. Just get started. Don't put in all of these barriers in front of you. Just start the business, and everything else you can take care of later. Because I learned you can actually wait to the end of the year to get your EIN number and it all counts
0: and you send all that stuff to Eric and he'll figure out how to work around them sins. It'll be okay. So, so I right,
1: hope the is not listening.
0: No, so No. so don't let it be a barrier. You don't have to do everything right. today. You gotta to get the That's idea, right. you gotta right. get it you gotta get it incorporated or, or get an LLC. That's important, but don't mm-hmm. let all that other stuff be your barrier because you can get it done. And as long as you have everything in place by the end of the year, you're being good shape.
1: That's right. And one of the mis- misconceptions that people have is can I have c- clients that have come to me all the time. Can you start my LLC? Can you start my corporation? And Yes, I can start at least, certainly help you organize your businesses in various states around the country. But that just because you got a piece of paper saying that you organize in the state of Illinois, Indiana, Nevada, or Delaware, that doesn't mean you're in business. What indicates that you're in business is that you're actually handling your business, and that you're taking care of business and doing what's necessary for that business to prosper. And with that, we're going to say thank you, Eric. We are out of time. I want to
0: thank people who joined us. Thank you, Albert Riverflows Jackson, Lester Coleman, Patricia Resky, Keith McDonald, Shannon Holman,
1: and all of the future people. Kimberly Williams.
0: I mean, the list is long. Uh, Venus Austin. ah, oh, John, Hi, Javaris. How you doing? Ah, oh, hi, revenue, cool. And all the other millions that I didn't get to. So,
1: and I'm going like, to repost it on my page, so a whole bunch of people are going to be saying some things right. there,
0: too. That's right. Cool. So as I always say when I end the show, do not go gently into that good night. Find a heel worth dying and take it. Be the person that you've been waiting for and make the day so awesome that yesterday gets jealous and above all else, do it your way. I want you to be inspired and to further notice, celebrate everything. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the empowerment doctor and life is too short to drink cheap champagne. Thank you, Eric January, Mr. CPA, that Einstein you. of finance for making this a great show. Until I next time. You. Bye guys. To drink cheap champagne, so I decided to buy me a better brand. And today's with my strawberry.